body and mind formed, stitched together long before seeing the light of day, surrounded by brokenness we strive to withstand, living, breathing, fighting, resisting, we were made to heal. Our bodies break and they mend. Our minds fight against fear and doubt. And when our brokenness falls beyond repair, we can have hope in our Creator that we will be restored. For we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. We have been made well. Wow, with uh, all the worship and that intro, I am uh, in just a, a state of eager anticipation with what God wants to do with this series. Um, it's been stirring in me, kind of, we've been praying about it, we've been reading through the New Testament and saying, God, increase our faith, let's see the miraculous happen, let's see healings take place, and uh, faith is high today, and I'm believing at all of our campuses, we're going to see Jesus touch people in a special way, seeing healings, miracles, uh, signs and wonders, and we are believing that in Jesus' name. And I want to say this, we believe in healing. We believe in healing. We believe Jesus does the miraculous, and I know that some are uncomfortable with that. I know you come with a lot of different backgrounds, and uh, you're like, okay, where are they going with this series? I'm saying we believe that Jesus Christ still heals today. And it saddens me that there's so much doubt, there's so much disbelief. It, it saddens me that the world, in, in, at least in America, has started to turn Jesus into a peaceful Savior that will hold your hand on your way to heaven. How many know that He's the King of kings and Lord of lords? He's an all-powerful Savior, and He wants to touch people today. He, he will hold your hand, but he's going to touch you if you'll let him, okay? Some of you are like, he's going to go for it. We might take off on this one. I'm just saying. All right. Um, here's something that God has been convicting me of so much lately. He, he's been interrupting my prayer, okay? And, he's, and it's almost like he's saying, hey, hey, I'm a living Savior. Stop praying like I'm, I'm an I was or an I will be. I am. Okay, how many know sometimes you can go through the motions, you can start praying, and like, Lord, we bless this, and, and, and I feel like if I start to do that lately, if I've started to drift in my prayer, and it's become form, or, or just kind of going with the motion, it's almost like God's like, Psh! you know, wake up. I'm a living Savior, and if you're praying to me, expect something to happen. Okay, that's just where I'm at right now, and I hope you can grab that. We serve a living Savior that's not an I was or an I will be, but he is the I am. And I want to tell you this, doubt is your biggest enemy in this series, and I'm praying that God will move you through your doubt, and you'll get to where you doubt your doubts instead of doubting your faith. Okay, so get to where you doubt your doubts, and I pray throughout this series that you'll move in the progression from 
Um, is he able to, you know, is he willing to, uh, he is willing, he will, and he did. I'm praying at the end of this series, it's he did it. And I've grabbed this and I've realized that healing can be mine. And I'm also praying that by the end of the series, um, we'll be like one of the guys that was in the doctor's office with me the other day. And uh, true story, they asked this guy, they said, who's your primary physician? And I was just there in the office, and the guy said, well, Jesus is my primary physician. <laughs> the other guy's just helping him out. And I thought, that is really good. I mean, you know, a little corny, but it was good. I liked it, you know. So Jesus is our primary physician. He heals us. He touches us. And he paid the price for our healing. And so let's not sell it short. Let's not settle for less than what Jesus has for us. Uh, I want to read a couple scriptures to you because the Bible tells, tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let me read a couple for you to lift up your faith. Psalm 103 verses 2 and 3 says, Praise the Lord my soul and forget all, not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was pierced, it's speaking of Jesus, for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Matthew 4, 23 says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Exodus 15, 26, God said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And I want to let you know that in the Old Testament, God revealed himself to us by giving different names. And one of the names that he gave us was Jehovah Rapha, and it means I am the God that heals you. And he was trying to tell us who he is and what he's like and what he wants to do and what he wants to be in us and, and to us. And he says, I am Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God that heals you. And he's saying, I, I did, I will, I will do it again. I'm the God that heals you. And so we've got to grab hold of this and realize that God wants us to live in health and healing and he wants to work the miraculous. Now I want to build your understanding and again, I felt like this, like, um, I felt like uh, an illustration that we're stuck in the ditch on a snowy day, and uh, not to bring up snow to Minnesotans, but uh, I felt like we were stuck in a ditch, like we want to get back on the road, and I've got to dig you out of the ditch to get you back on the road to get you going in the right direction, because again, so many of us are okay with Jesus being a saving Jesus, a peaceful Jesus, but a healing Jesus, a healing Savior, again, maybe if we're hopeful that he could heal, we many times it's like, can't just muster up the faith to even get there. And so I want to get us out of the ditch and I want to show how easy it is for us to accept easy things for us and to reject hard things for us. But let me say this, it's all easy for God. If he's the creator of this universe, if he's a, anything that he wants to do, he can do, and it's easy for him. But we, we say we agree with the easy things, and we have a hard time with the hard things that we can't do. So in James chapter 5, verse 13, let me start there, and I might read a verse and then stop, let the team know. Um, the, James says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Now, how many of you would have a hard time if a friend came up to you and said, hey, I'm in trouble. I'm going in for a court case and I just need God to help me. How many of you would be like, ooh, I don't know. 
I don't know if I can pray for you. You're in trouble. I'm not sure if I have enough faith to help you. Maybe your sister, not, I mean, you know, but you're like, I don't know if I, but how many know that if you, somebody's in trouble and they ask you for prayer, you don't even think like, whoa, boy, I don't know if I want to go out on a limb there and pray for help for them in trouble. So we, that's an easy one. We have faith for that. If they're in trouble, we can do it. But James continues. He says, is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is it hard for you to come into church today? You come to church, you're happy. You're like, hey, we're going to sing. You're like, I don't know. You know, I'm kind of feeling happy. I don't know if I should sing today. You know, it's kind of tough to kind of muster up the faith to be happy and sing. We don't do that. Easy for us, so we do it. It says, if anyone is among you sick, let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. You're like, okay, I got that. And the prayer of faith offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And you're like, wait, 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 hold on. I'm okay with going to the elders for prayer and asking for anointing with oil. I'm okay with that. But the fact that I really have, I, I, I could get healed. I could actually have a miracle take place. How many know that's where we disengage? We're okay to pray for people in trouble. We're okay to sing when we're happy. We're okay to even come up for prayer team things. And sometimes we're even surprised that we got an answer to prayer. We're like, well, look at that. It worked. You know, we're almost, but when it comes to healing, even then, we're, again, I know where we're coming from. When I was 11 years old, I needed major chest surgery, and I can remember going to a prayer meeting at a, another church in the area. Our pastor believed in healing, but the church didn't believe in healing, which is interesting. And he said, don't tell the church that I'm going to do this tonight, but before you go in for surgery, I'd like to pray for your chest for healing. Like, he's like, but don't tell anybody because that can get me in trouble. I'm like, Okay, you know, and I mean, I, I, so he's praying for me, and I'm still trying to figure out why the church doesn't want healing if he believes in it. Okay, but anyways, I can remember um, just, uh, just like, wow, is this going to happen? What's going to happen? Do I have the faith for this? Like, do I need a doctor or something's going to happen? Is my chest going to just like pop into shape? And uh, I remember like looking down, watching, it didn't happen. But I can remember how just even that made me think like, what's with healing? Why is that a hard thing? Why is that a tough thing? Why is that something that we've got to qualify? Why are the other things so easy to grab hold of? Um, the, the church of Jesus Christ is to be a healing church, and somewhere along the way, we lost our way. We gave up something that God wants to do in his church, that he wants us to be able to pray for, to have signs and wonders following, and we've kind of given up on that. We said it's easier to just back off and have a, a saving Jesus, and, and, and sadly enough, it seems like the church is even backing away from a saving Jesus to just a nice Jesus. We, we got to get back to where it was. I mean, if you look in the Gospels, if you look in the book of Acts, you see healing, 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 healing. All these healings are going on. You see in the book of James, he's talking about healing. You see the early uh, apostles healing, signs and wonders going on. It didn't end there. Justin Martyr, Justin Martyr, who was an early church father, he said there were healing reports, and he wrote about them. Arrhenius in the second century, he said that people are being healed by the laying on of hands. In the third century, Tertullian said a Roman emperor was even healed by someone in the church that laid hands on the Roman emperor. How many know you better have faith if you're praying for the Roman emperor, you know? And he's saying it happened. It happened. A, a, an official book in the second and third century said that those that have been healing, those that, are, are giving, uh, that have been given the gift of healing and are praying and seeing healing happen should be placed as presbyters in the church. This is in the second and third century. 
And I wanted to let you know that this coming forward and praying and being anointed by the elders, that, that's very biblical. And we will do that at our church at all the services, at the end of the services, through this series. And every week we pray for the sick, but we will anoint you with oil. And that's where it comes from. You would call for the spiritual leaders of the church to anoint you with oil. And I want to let you know that it wasn't until 852 A.D. Pay attention to this. 852 A.D., the Catholic Church changed the anointing of oil for healing to the extreme unction, which was anointing people to get ready to die and meet their Savior. I'm going to tell you this. If I'm sick and I'm supposed to pray and ask the elders to pray for me for healing, I don't want a prayer for me to go and die. I want a prayer for me to get healed. Now, if my healing's in heaven and I don't get it here, okay, I'm good with that. But I don't want you to pray, like, here he comes, Lord. I don't want that, all right? I want bring what's there here, not take this guy and move him forward peacefully, okay? So he's saying, let's pray for this. So let's grab hold of what this is because God loves people. He heals people because he loves them. And he's saying, I, I love you. I will, I will heal you. I will touch your body. That's part of God's plan, and I feel that instead of living in the era of the Holy Spirit, one author said we're living in the lukewarm era. Let's stop living in the lukewarm era. Let's live in the era of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit is moving, God's healing, doing the miraculous, and we realize he's not the I was, but he's the I am. Right. Now, I want to say this too. I don't have it all figured out. I do not have it all figured out. I was meeting with some brilliant theologians this week, they have doctorates, PhD. I mean, I was having lunch with them, and I said, okay, 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 but what about this? And, and your healing was paid for here, and it's held here, and it's can he, and delivery. Day, I mean, we were going through it, and, and they're like, oh, that's probably not right. I'm like, what about this? They're like, that's closer. I'm like, it was like a buzzer, eh, you know, <laughs> and I was, but I was thinking, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. But I will tell you this, we know that we serve a supernatural God that does the supernatural. We can keep seeking, keep praying, keep believing, keep perfecting. Let's continue to work this out. Let's continue to see our faith rise up. And although we don't have it all figured out, here's what I'd say. I'd rather lean into healing than pull away from it. I would rather lean into it than pull away from it. And this church is leaning into healing, leaning into the supernatural, and believing that God still heals. Now, we believe God heals in many different ways. And I'm going to go back. Remember, you're stuck in the ditch. I want to get you out. We believe God heals in many different ways. We believe that he heals naturally, he heals medically, and he heals supernaturally. So let me jump into this. I want to point out that the first way and the second way align with the third way. Naturally and medically align with supernatural, align with God's plan, and it's wonderful however you're healed. Interestingly enough, as I was researching this, the Apostle Paul, um, for one person, he's like, he's so sick unto death, and he needs to rest, take care of him. So this guy's really sick, he needs rest. Timothy's really sick, he's like, hey, take some wine for your stomach and treating it like medicine. He's like, that ought to cure you. So he's saying, like, take some medicine. He's like, get some rest, let your body heal. And then with other people, he's actually praying for miraculous healings to take place, even to the point of somebody that's dead, he's saying this person comes back to life with a miracle. So there's all these different things, even in the life of the Apostle Paul. So the first thing is, your natural body says God heals. How many know that when you're infected or injured, your natural body is saying, be made well? 
Be made well. You may not realize this, but cut scrapes and breaks are instantly saying, be made well and align with healing. Every time your body breaks a bone, it starts to say, that's not what you were made to be. You were made to be whole and to be made well, and your body starts to mend. It was created to get back to healing. You fall down, you cut your knee, and all of a sudden your body just jumps into action. And I don't have time to go into all of it, but it's absolutely amazing what your body does and what your blood does. With uh, your blood cells, all of a sudden they tighten up to reduce the blood flow, and then platelets come in there and stick to it. And then after after that, when the bleeding stops and the clotting has taken place, all of a sudden they start to expand again to let the white blood cells in there so they can fight the infection. And your body is doing all this without you even knowing it. Your body was made in such a way, in such a wonderful way, it's saying, be made well, align with healing. You never thought of that before. I mean, every time you're having this, and then all of a sudden it, it's creating this little web that's there, and, and this web that we call a scab is actually underneath. New skin is coming in, and it's forming from the sides and connecting, and it has about 80% of the strength of the original skin, and it's coming back. It's saying, be made well. You were made to heal. Think about that. Everything in your body wants to align with being right, being whole. Anytime there's an infection that comes into your body, your immune system goes and attacks it. You have an innate immunity uh, that is there from birth, and you don't even need to know. Your body doesn't even need to know about the other infections that are coming in. It will attack those things that are foreign. It also has an ability in your immune system, an adaptive immunity, that as something comes into your body, your body fights it, and then it remembers it and says, we're going to build antibodies for these, and when it, if that comes back, we know how to attack it, and we're going to conquer it, and we're going to destroy this because we were made to be well. We were made to be healed. We were made to be whole. It's an absolutely incredible thing. I won't go into it, but... Mucus is pretty amazing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. I'll leave that one alone. But here's what your body's saying. From boo-boos to typhoid fever, be made well. Align with what your created, creator said you would be. Align with it. Be made well. No wonder the psalmist said, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you. Okay, so if your body is aligning with what God wants to have happen, your faith should too. If your body's aligning, let your faith align with what your natural body is. It's saying, be made well. You were made to recover. You were made to restore. You were made to get better. And that's what God has for you. Secondly, medical healing. And I praise God for doctors. Let me say this, our church loves doctors. Doctors are good. We are for doctors. We are for doctors and against sickness, okay? All right, I just want to be very clear. Some churches are like, well, you believe in healing. What about doctors? I believe doctors are learning the wisdom that God is giving them is helping them to heal our bodies. And, he's, and the doctors are only working with the way that God has already put your body in order. Think of how hard the doctor's job would be if, like, well, their body's just fighting everything. They, we tried that, and they, the body just keeps trying to shut it down and stop it and stop it. But the body works with, and the doctors are working with the doctor or with the body. I remember when I had that surgery when I was 11. I walked into the doctor's office, and Dr. Chisholm, he was a, a hero at Children's Hospital in Minneapolis, and he said, 
Rob, I was 11 years old. He goes, Rob, do you believe in Jesus? That's what my doctor said. First, first time I ever met him. First thing out of his mouth. I said, well, yes, I do. And he goes, good. He goes, because he's going to be guiding my hands in your surgery. All I'm doing is using the wisdom he's given me to operate on you and to restore you to healing. I was like, that is awesome. I got a Christian doctor, you know. All right. So I'm just telling you, this is the way that our, our body does it. Our, our medical world is saying, let's align with what the body is wanting. I mean, think about it. How many of you have received healing from a doctor? You've had stitches. How many have had stitches? Raise your hand. You've had stitches, all right? How many of you have had minor surgery? Raise your hand. Minor surgery. How many of you have had major surgery? Raise your hand. Cosmetic surgery. No, just kidding about cosmetic. Just, <laughs> just kidding. That was, that was a Robert Morris thing. I heard him say that the other day. I thought that was funny. All right, but uh, blame him. But seriously, major surgery, minor surgery, stitches. The medical world is just working along with what your body was created for, along with what God is saying, be made well. Be made well, be whole, be healed. Sickness, I don't want you to have that sickness. I don't want you to have that disease. I, I desire healing. Everything is going to be healed in heaven. So if it's there, why not pray for it to be here? If that's his ultimate will, let's pray about bringing it here. We're going to talk about that more in this series. I believe that God has touched so many people, uh, just so many different stories. I'll share one quickly. Jory Chafin, who's our Edina area campus. I think we've got a picture of her. And I just want to tell you real quickly about Jory. Uh, Jory had tumors and, uh, in her neck. And when Jory had these tumors in her neck, uh, the doctor said, it's very serious. It's very serious. We've got to do this surgery and we've got to take this tumor out. And it's wrapped around your nerves in, in your neck. We think that this could cause some paralysis. Uh, your face could be deformed from this. And she went to the Mayo Clinic. They said it should take about six hours for this surgery. They said it took one hour, and they said the tumor, it just looked like it, it fell off. When they opened it up, it just kind of like fell, no nerve damage, no deformity. And I thank God that through prayer and through the hands of the doctors, she was made well. She was made well. I believe the, the best doctors aren't just the smartest ones. I believe the best doctors are the ones that want to do what they do because they want to alleviate suffering and pain. And they want to help people to be made well. And I would say this to any doctors or nurses or uh, first responders, whoever you are that are trying to help people to heal and recover. When you do that, when you have compassion, when you want to make someone uh, to become well, you are acting with the heart of God. Because God says, I want you to be made well. I want to alleviate suffering. I want to alleviate pain. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when doctors give mercy because we serve a merciful God. And um, just in our support of our doctors, nurses, all those that work in that medical field, can we say our appreciation by a hand clap here and at all of our campuses. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Now, now let me jump from the, you know, we've got... The natural body, the medical world, and we've got the supernatural. Now, let me jump from the medical world to the supernatural using something that may or may not be inspired from the Bible. You'll, you'll track with me. Um, have you ever seen the symbol for the doctors or a symbol on an ambulance? It's a snake on a pole. I think we have a picture of that. Okay, so we have the snake on the pole, and if you're like me and you need medical attention and you don't like snakes, you're wondering why in the world is there a snake 
with the doctor, okay? So um, I just want to let you know that there's a couple different theories around this. There's at least two theories with Greek gods that had things to do with medicine and snakes. But I want to let you know before that ever happened, Numbers 21 happened. All right, I want to let you know that Numbers 21 happened. God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. They were captive. God delivers the, Egypt's, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. And as they get delivered, they're in the desert. They're complaining about the things that God has provided for them. And so he sends serpents to them, and the serpents bite them. And because of that, they die. They, get, uh, they repent of this. And let me just read the story. Numbers 21, verses uh, 4 through 9. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, we have spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Okay, so this predates the, the Greek stories, and it's saying that there was a snake. What is it saying? I want to let you know that that snake on that pole was a type. It was a shadow. It was something, an illustration, a type pointing to Jesus Christ being nailed to a tree to pay the price of our sins when man fell. How do we know that? John 3.16, but let's back up to a couple verses before that. In verse 14, it says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only, one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So John's saying it's just like Moses. He's saying Jesus will be lifted up. Jesus will be lifted up on the cross just like Moses lifted up the serpent. And here's what the people did. They were complaining. They were upset. They're like, we, we, we don't have the right food. We don't have this. And they had all these problems. Then God sends the snakes. The snakes bite them. They're going to die. All they have to do is look at the snake on the pole and they're healed. They don't have to work for it. God didn't say, like, go dip seven times, take this medicine, say, do this, do this, do that. It was all just grace. Now, grab this. That was a type, a type of Jesus dying on the cross, being lifted up, overcoming the curse and the fall of man, overcoming the curse. And Moses was holding that up, probably not realizing, like, got a snake on a pole. That's really odd, God, but I'm going with you on this one. It's working. He doesn't know anything about Jesus, but John knows about this, and he's saying, this makes sense. This makes sense. Jesus was lifted up on a pole, and all of our sins were placed on Jesus, and our sickness, yeah. our, our sins and our sickness. Isaiah 53 Verses 4 through 6 says this, Surely he took upon our pain, speaking of Jesus, and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. 
We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, in the New Testament, Matthew 8, 16 and 17 says, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Okay, track with me. I know I covered a lot of ground there. But Isaiah is saying all of our sin was placed on Jesus or would be placed on Jesus on the cross. All of our sickness would be placed on Jesus. The, the, the curse that brought sickness, that brought sin, that brought all these things, death. Now Jesus comes and he brings forgiveness of sin, healing, eternal life. All this can be ours because of the price that Jesus Christ paid on the cross. And we have no problem saying, give your heart to Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. He wants to forgive you. Your sins, my sins, were attached to the cross. But we stop and go, but the, wow, healing? Healing? Healing was attached there too. It was paid for on the cross. As Moses lifted up the serpent, Isaiah prophesied, it's all going to be put on him. John said it was, and Jesus said it is. And he's like, I'm going to make all things new. Healing is in heaven for you. It's waiting for you there. It was paid for back here. It can be yours now. It can be yours now. And it's a supernatural thing that's happening. And again, I don't have all the details figured out, but I know this. It was paid for. It's there in heaven. And what happens when it moves into our now is a miracle takes place. And it happens all the time. There's all sorts of things that block us, and some of it might be your past history, and some of it might be your, your doubt, but you can pray like the man who said, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. I believe, help my unbelief. God, help me to get there. Now, some of you get excited. You're like, if it's mine, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. And others are like, well, let me think and process through that. All right, we got next week for you, but for the rest of you, <laughs> grace saves you, grace heals you. Let me just close with that. Grace saves you, grace heals you. You think, well, I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'm good enough. Okay, you're not worthy. You're not good. But you're his child. And if you're asking him to touch you, it's by grace. Right. It's by grace. Yeah. Okay? It's by grace that he heals you. It's by grace that he saves you. And so let's believe God that healing can be ours. Right. Healing can be ours. He paid for it. He's secured it. And we just want him to move it into our now so we can grab a hold of it in a supernatural way. Your body says be made well doctors say be made well and I pray that our faith says I will be made well so God I just pray right now for here and at all of our campuses I pray that we'd have a greater receptivity to faith to the miraculous to healings I come against doubt in Jesus name and I just pray that you would touch people I pray that they'd grab hold of this I pray they grab hold of it. God, you're a healing God. We're going to hear, hear story after story after story of, of healings and miracles, and we've seen it. We've been touched. Our body says align and be made well. Doctors say align and be made well. And may our faith align today and say be made well. May we have faith to believe for the supernatural. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.